I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's guest started her career at NASA, Johnson Space Center, where she eventually worked as a flight controller for the Space Shuttle Program. Lori McDonald is now the president and CEO of Brilliance Business Solutions, which she started in 1998 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Brilliance has a niche in working with manufacturers and distributors to implement digital commerce solutions and is proud to have recently made the Inc. 5000 list of America's fastest growing private companies. During today's conversation, Lori will highlight a pivotal moment in her career, which came on the heels of a question a business coach asked her. It was ultimately the question she needed to be asked in order for her business to grow and succeed. Over the last 22 years, the culture of brilliance has evolved significantly, and Lori has some helpful lessons learned to share. Listen in as she talks about the cultural impact of transitioning from my plan to our plan. I was a computer electrical engineering major at Purdue and ended up through an internship program at NASA Johnson Space Center where I ended up meeting my husband. He also was an engineering at Purdue and he also was a part of the same internship program at NASA where we both worked as flight controllers for the space shuttle program, which was a super fun experience. Okay, so who gets to intern at NASA? Like, (laughs) wow. I mean, what an incredible opportunity. It wasn't an incredible opportunity. I was a sophomore in college when I started there and working with people that had been there since the Apollo program. So it was amazing to sit side by side with just extremely talented people who also welcomed me and invited me to participate in a way that I really hadn't experienced in the past. So really neat. So I ended up, after I graduated from Purdue, going to work full-time at NASA, and my husband took a position with Rockwell Automation where he was a field support engineer in Houston, Texas, and we were in Houston for a few years. And then he had a job promotion opportunity that brought us to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where Rockwell's headquarters are. And so we ended up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I was trying to figure out what could be as cool as space. <laughs> uh, and uh, so that's when I decided to start a web development company. In 1998, the web was kind of in its infancy, and I knew businesses that needed help setting up websites. And so that's how Brilliance got started is, you know, I saw a need and decided I could help fill it. And, um, you know, you talked about our niche with manufacturing and distribution. We developed that over time. You know, in the beginning, we'd build websites for whomever would pay us. But <laughs> with my husband's background at Rockwell Automation, you know, he was working with distributors of Rockwell and really knew the B2B space. And so over time, we realized that was a potential niche that we could grow into. And, and actually, nine years ago, my husband left his job at Rockwell, and now he leads our development team. Congratulations. I mean, 22 years of success. That's really, that's really great. And you were just recently that you made the Inc. 5000 list of America's fastest growing private companies. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, that was really excited. And actually, we put that as a team on our three-year vision uh, a few years back to say this is something that we want to achieve. So it's always exciting when you've got something that you target and say we want to get here, and then you do. So very exciting. Congrats. That's good. So 22 years of evolution. No doubt you've learned a lot. And I know there was this pivotal moment early in your career that really changed your mindset around how you thought about the business. 
Yes. So I started the business as a home-based business, really started it kind of from scratch. And we had some okay successes over the years, but also some struggles. You know, I uh, wasn't really, I wasn't paying myself. I had some employees, but, and we had had some success with clients, but wasn't uh, financially successful. And my husband actually heard uh, about a business coach that was offering free consultations. And honestly, I kind of thought it sounded like a scam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't know that it it sounded interesting to me or that it would be beneficial in any way. But he was like, you know, what can hurt? Why don't you have a conversation with them and see? And so I sat down with them and I'll never forget. I was sharing my story. He had asked me some questions and he said to me, is this a hobby or a business? And I thought that was an extremely rude question. I, you know, I was putting my life into this from my perspective. It was a full-time endeavor for me, more than full-time. And from my perspective, I was pouring all the energy I had into it. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, what do you mean? And, and he said, well, you're not paying yourself. It sounds more like a hobby. And so, you know, I was, I I felt like I was going to break into tears. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, this is uh, so much work for me. And he said, well, tell me what it is that you want. And I said, well, you know, I want to be able to move out of my home because it was a home-based business. I want to be able to move into office space. I want to be able to pay myself consistently. And I want my husband to be able to leave his job and come work with me. And he said, well, what would need to be true for that to happen? And I said, well, I'd need to charge more money and no one would ever pay that. And he said, well, is that a fact or a belief? And uh, a really good question. <laughs> and I realized in that moment that, uh, that you know, it was my beliefs that were standing in the way of what we needed to do to grow. And so we made some changes. Uh, you know, we raised our rates and we didn't lose clients because of it. So through that interaction, I I realized a few things. One is I I realized the value of coaching, (laughs) but I also realized that that I had, you know, mental head trash that I had to deal with in order to grow. And so that's kind of been an endeavor that I've been on for many years. And, And the great news closing out that story is that within a few years of that conversation, we moved into office space. My husband left his job and came to work with me. And, and obviously for that to happen, we both had to be paying ourselves out of the business. So, and we've seen some great growth since then. So just a, a really neat experience where I had someone else reflect to me some, some of my own things that were getting in my way. Yeah. And you realized it was that, it was your thoughts, your, these beliefs that you held that were limiting you ultimately. Yes. Is that something that you realized right away or was that a process that took some time? Well, in that conversation, that was, it was extremely uncomfortable for me. And I realized uh, once I said out loud, you know, I need to raise my rates and no one would ever pay it. I realized something about that sounded off. (laughs) You know, I realized something about this, uh, like, well, on the one hand, it felt true. I also was slightly suspect of what I was saying. Uh, So in that moment, what it convinced me to do was that I needed some additional help. And so out of that conversation, I hired 
that coached for group coaching. At the time, I couldn't afford one-on-one coaching. But at the time, what I did engage with for group coaching seemed like an exorbitant expense when I wasn't paying myself, you know, but I, but I kind of went into it with the attitude of, if what he's saying is true, if really this looks more like a hobby than a business, then maybe I better invest in it and see if I can make a go of it. And if I can't, maybe I should quit. <laughs> so it was like, I'm going to do this and see what happens. It's worth the risk. And it ended up working. You went all in. <laughs> That's right. Well, there's so many things in that that I appreciate. So you, because you've mentioned multiple times that you were really uncomfortable about the question, like it even p- becoming pissed you off when he first asked you that question. And so isn't there a leadership lesson in that, that the things that are really uncomfortable for us, like my, when my defenses go up, like, why is it that this is triggering within me? Maybe there's some truth here. Exactly. I used to, for a while, I had on my wall a question that said, what am I afraid of? Because I think, and it was another thing that I learned from my business coach, but like being aware of our fear can be very instructive. Um, Like if I'm in a, if it's a sales conversation or in a, you know, if I'm interacting with other people on my team if I can be clear with myself about what I'm afraid of, it helps me both to figure out if that's a rational fear, like if that's if there's something real there, but it also just helps me to uh, navigate a situation better. And sometimes, to your point, sometimes the things that make us uncomfortable are like exactly the things we should be I- engaging with. <laughs> yeah, it takes courage to step into that. The other thing that I really like about this story is that I see so many leaders that are are trying to like go it alone and you're so close to it that it's hard to see engaging a trusted advisor like this coach. He's coming into this situation completely objective, not invested at all. And so he can see things that you wouldn't like such super simple things like that. So many people have talked with me before about, you know, the value I see in coaching. And the reality is, I think many times the things that coaches tell me, sometimes they're new ideas I hadn't thought of. But in general, they're telling me things I already knew, um, which sounds a little ridiculous in some form. But you need, to your point, you need someone who is, is not so close, is not as invested, and who can reflect to you and kind of draw out your best uh, and challenge you to be better. Yeah, here's what I'm seeing as I look at all of this together. That's good. Well, so that was a pivotal moment then that set you on this track because I consider this like this is important leadership development. This sets you on a trajectory to really pay attention to your leadership and the culture that you are creating at Brilliance. So talk about that and how how it's evolved over the years and some of the key lesson lessons learned in that. Yes. Well, it did set me on a trajectory. Um, So, you know, that experience caused me to, you know, really be interested in developing my leadership skills and what it looked like to grow a great team and also through business coaching. So I've, you know, done a lot of reading and have been interested in how do I create values that really reinforce who we want to be as an organization? And so, and as a part of that journey, we implemented the Entrepreneur Operating System, our EOS. And I think it was about five years ago, maybe a little more than that, that we formally uh, introduced EOS 
as a team. Before that, I had kind of read Traction in some of the books, and I was trying to tinker with it myself. But I found that that didn't really work as well (laughs) as actually being led through the process. But what was really interesting to me when we implemented EOS and we formed a leadership team. So, you know, we have myself as our CEO and president, and uh, my husband is our director of development, and we've got um, Jared is our director of sales and marketing, and Eric is our directory, director of project and pro- product management. Um, so when we created that leadership team, um, some really interesting things happened that I wasn't expecting. And what changed was, previous to that, I had been creating plans for brilliance, creating goals. You know, I would put together our annual goals for the organization and kind of roll them out and tell the team, here's what we're doing and working on our values and trying to troubleshoot how we could become more profitable. Like I was working on those things. But when I formed a team, a leadership team, and we went through this EOS process, that changed from being my plan around where we were headed and what our goals were and how we were going to become more profitable and what more we needed to do. It, it changed it to being our plan. And as a result, it, the plan got better. <laughs> um, there were, you know, in the process as a team, both because the team, we all collectively kind of understood commonly the issues that we were facing and were able to work them as more people than just one, but also because I think having multiple ideas, troubleshooting it together, make it better. So from my plan to our plan, yeah, that's a really interesting shift in how you were leading and how you were working. What was most challenging about that for you? A challenging aspect of that is like you lose control potentially in that and you you have to let go of some things. Like I may have thought, you know, here are some things we're going to do. And for it really to be an our plan, for that to be true, I mean, the reality is the team loves to hear my ideas and I have lots of them. (laughs) But also for it to truly be our plan, I have to be willing to listen to other ideas and and give them value and credence and, and consideration. And we have to really listen to each other well and work together well. So that was challenging. I think, you know, when we went through the process and talked about like what our values would be as an organization and other aspects of things that I kind of felt like I had already figured out. (laughs) Like I already had documented values that I had created. And so I was kind of like, well, we don't need to do this, but we did uh, because it was as an example, like we, one of our values today is that we're driven and which is totally true. We are, we are driven. And like, I am a driven person, which we're, we're always oriented around how we get better. But that wasn't a value that I had named for us. And it wasn't something that I, even probably recognized. And there were other people on our leadership team that were like, yeah, this is important to who we are. So I think that just that process of being both of being willing to let go a little bit and also um, the value that you get from hearing from other people on your team. So you had said, we don't need to create values because you already had a set of values. I already created the values, right, exactly. (laughs) The team did not have a set of shared values. Right. Well, and I appreciate what you said about the process itself, like allowed for conversation to emerge that never would have driven, as you said, you wouldn't have named it that way, This, but this is who we are. So the engagement that comes from that, the alignment that comes from that, the, I, I suspect the getting to know each other and the trust building that comes with that. Yes. So definitely those are all aspects that I likely had underestimated 
for why this would be valuable. So, you know, there are so many things there. You know, our scorecards that we have within EOS to hold ourselves accountable to what we're doing. But part of what makes that work also is our, the fact that we have a cadence of meetings where we're looking at that together and the relationship building and trust building that is happening in that. So it has definitely been a big part of our journey. Yeah. What what advice would you give to leaders who are embarking upon that? Like what what are the ingredients to success in in doing that work? So one of the things that I'm really big on is an, the idea of building trust through healthy conflict. And I find it to be valuable to name for me personally, because conflict is something that um, like I'm a bit of a, a peacemaker personality. So, you know, the disc profile, I'm an S. So, <laughs> so I like everybody to be happy and okay. And it makes me nervous if people are, are feeling agitated or there's conflict in the room. But what I needed to teach myself was that uh, when we disagree with each other, we make better decisions. And when we disagree with each other well, I should say, if we can do it in a way that is respectful and sees the value in each other, that the, the end result is better. And we needed to nurture that on our leadership team and, and on our entire team as a company. So getting that to work is tricky. And, you know, part of that is to your earlier point, you know, the relationship development that happens as a part of going through the process of rolling EOS out, you know, and learning more about each other. Part of that is working through issues in a way that treats each other well. I mean, so I, I think some of trust building happens over time. It does. And, and modeling it is so important. I find myself as a leader, like really being intentional. You said, uh, build trust through. Through healthy conflict. Yeah, but there was something else. Hang on. Oh, no, no. It was when you said, we, when we disagree with each other well, isn't that so important? Yes. So um, one of the things that I try to do in terms of modeling, and I'm not always on my game, but when I can remember, when someone disagrees with me, I like to thank them. And both because it gives me a moment to remind myself that it is a gift when someone disagrees with you, like that, that is hard for them to do, especially for someone to disagree with me and presidency or the company, depending on who you are on our team, it might feel a little bit uncomfortable to disagree with something I'm saying. And so for them to be willing to, to do that, um, th that's a gift that they just gave me. And so my, for my first reaction to be a thank you is what I would endeavor to do. And then hopefully, in terms of disagreeing well, we're looking for recognizing that this person, you know, assuming positive intent, this person wants the best for our company, this person likely wants the best for me, and they're trying to help. So like, how can I hear what they're saying and really work to find a common solution with them? Yeah. And it's it's because it's that assuming positive intent that really helps with expressing gratitude with a spirit of gratitude. I, I There have been times when I really wasn't thankful for the feedback. And so it might have <laughs> it might have been thanks a lot versus, <laughs> hey, thank you for that different perspective. That's helpful. So it's, it's a lot in how you say it as well, isn't there? It is. Yes. And to your point, there have been times when I need to come back and circle back with someone and say, hey, you know what? I didn't react well in that moment, but I, I really, but I am appreciative. Like the, what you said, that I recognized you were coming from a place of wanting to help and make things better. 
So I think it's not necessarily that we're going to be perfect at it, but that on on the whole that we're, when we mess up, we're working to circle back and let people know that we're sorry and that we're recognize the value of that feedback. Yeah. Because that goes such a long way in the relationship. I mean, you know, we can all we can all reflect on our own experiences and think about staying in those tough conversations or circling back. And the impact that that has on the relationship is huge. Every single time the relationship is better for it. It's stronger for it. I know more about that person. There's more trust. Definitely. The other thing that we do in our, so within EOS, there are L10 meetings. So, you know, which um, stands for a level 10 meeting as the quality, and it has a very specific agenda. And one of the things that we do in ours is right after we get through sharing our personal and business best, we have a moment where we remind each other that we're going to work today to be open and honest in this meeting to give, you know, that, that we recognize that disagreement helps us to make better decisions. And so we try and do that as a way of kind of setting our intention and normalizing that if there's conflict today, that's actually a good thing. And you know what we're working towards. Isn't that great? Because then when it comes up, it's almost like you've given everyone permission, right? And created a space for those kinds of conversations. Yes. So you've mentioned the book Traction a couple times. I just want to make sure for our listeners, if there's anybody out there now, what is she talking about? So talk a little <laughs> bit about that book and the process and, and how it's, it's really brought value to your business. Traction is a book that talks about the entrepreneurial operating system, which is a mouthful, <laughs> EOS. And it is a system that assists us in building our plan for how we are going to operate the business on the whole. So in it, you create a two-page plan that has your vision and your purpose as an organization, your values and what differentiates you and your three-year target and your annual goals and your quarterly goals. And it really enables you, as you work through the process with your leadership team, it enables you to be able to very succinctly communicate what your business plan is. Uh, Well, I I should say first to define what your business plan is, but then to communicate it to the rest of your team. And there's a lot of aspects to it. So as a part of it, you build an accountability chart that helps you in terms of identifying, you know, the different roles that you have in your organization, what they're responsible for, and, and really clarifying for everyone in the company what expectations are of them. And then there is a cadence of activities associated with EOS. And, and one of those key aspects of that cadence is a weekly uh, level 10 or L10 meeting that is a 90-minute meeting that our leadership team has every week. And it has a very specific agenda that allows us to hold ourselves accountable to reaching the goals that we set on an annual and quarterly basis. Yeah, I think of it as from strategy to execution, making sure that all the way through the organization, everyone's aligned with the part that they play in that. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, I can say after implementing it, we were able to tackle problems and issues that previously I had really struggled. I had really struggled with profitability for us organizationally. And it was something that as a team, when we faced it and looked at how do we get some of our project costs into control, that was something that was much easier. I mean, it's, it's, maybe I shouldn't say it's never easy, but the problems were much more solvable 
And the visibility that we had into what we needed to change was much greater when we were working with it as a team and everyone was really focused on what were those organizational issues we needed to work through. Yeah, I mean, it's alignment all the way through the organization, which just makes you sleep so much better, doesn't it? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) When everyone's on the same page and we're all rowing in the same direction. Yes. Well, this, this is so great. You know, the, the key thing I'm taking away here is just the cultural impact of that mindset shift you had from my plan to our plan. And really this, this whole mindset around building trust through healthy conflict just really creates an environment where everybody can show up with their authentic selves and share their perspectives and their, their ideas and in a very safe way, which no doubt leads to innovation and everybody feeling really bought in and engaged. I so agree. And it's one of the things that I love about what I do and the, and our team is that, you know, what we accomplish together, like it's a living, there's a living energy in it, you know, that when the team can show up as their authentic selves, as you so well said, we realize new opportunities to provide value to our clients, to help each other work more efficiently and effectively that I couldn't have predicted. <laughs> and so that's what's so powerful is that when you really get, when you, when you have that alignment and you've got everybody showing up and contributing in the way that is, you know, unique to them, just some really powerful things happen. Well, yeah. And the possibilities are endless, aren't they? Because the potential that exists. I, yeah. I could, I so get that feeling of like, who knows what we could do because of the potential. Yep. That's exactly right. So it's almost like you don't want to even put a, you put a cap on it. Like the, the potential is really exciting. Well, because it goes back to the, I mean, goes back to your initial pivotal moment, doesn't it? The, the beliefs that you have are shaping your experiences. So Yeah, I I get accused all the time of being way too Pollyanna or there's no way. And you know what? That has served me well. And so I'm going to keep on dreaming and keep on putting it out there because that's how life has tended to work. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, sometimes to ask ourselves, well, like this may seem unrealistic, but like what would have to be true for that to happen? Like if if there was some path to that occurring, what would it look like? And then sometimes the more you think on it, it's like, oh, we actually could get pretty close. Right. We can. There is something we could do, which is which is motivating, isn't it? To think about those possibilities. That's great. Well, Lori, I am so energized by this conversation. What a gem you are. Thank you for your great example and all the insights you've shared with us. If our listeners want to connect with you, as no doubt they will, where can they find you? Well, the best place is probably LinkedIn. You can find me. So my name is Lori, L-O-R-I, and McDonald is just like the hamburger <laughs> with MC, <laughs> M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. So thank you so much for having me. It's been a, been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.